Welcome to Hello from the Pluriverse, a podcast about sharing the stories of designers and design thinkers from different backgrounds around the world. I'm Leslie-Anne Noel, a designer from Trinidad and Tobago and a professor of practice at Tulane University in New Orleans. The name of our podcast is a reference to Designs for the Pluriverse by Arturo Escobar. In our podcast, we explore the stories of designers from many different countries, women designers, designers of color, and designers from the LGBTQI community. In our interviews, we explore how place and identity affect their work, what they say about design, design thinking, and social innovation, and what advice they would give to non-designers who are using design methods. We'll continue to share more stories throughout the series about designers from many different worlds, from our little corner of the world, at the Phyllis M. Taylor Center for Social Innovation and Design Thinking at Tulane University in New Orleans. We hope you Welcome to the Hello from the Pluriverse podcast, sponsored by the Phyllis M. Taylor Center for Social Innovation and Design Thinking at Tulane University, where we discuss the work of different designers and design thinking practices. My name is Natalie Hutnick. I'm in my second year in the Master of Public Health and Maternal and Child Health program here at Tulane School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. And I'm also a design thinking graduate assistant working at the Taylor Center. I'm originally from outside St. Louis, Missouri, and I have a bachelor's degree in cultural anthropology. I'm here today with co-host Michaeline. Michaeline, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Michaeline Engelmeyer. I'm a first year student in the Master of Public Health Nutrition program here at Tulane. I'm also a design thinking graduate assistant working at the Taylor Center, and I have a bachelor's degree in dietetics, and I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. Today, we're going to be listening in on the interview of Sai Lu Lu. Professor Lu is the head of the Department of Graphic Design and Industrial Design at North Carolina State University, where he and his students have been working on user research and product design projects for companies such as Coca-Cola, IBM, Johnson & Johnson, Lowe's, Under Armour, and more. Before teaching, Professor Liu managed new product and service design and marketing for 12 years in the toy, healthcare, gaming, semiconductor, and communications industries. Professor Liu holds an MBA in marketing from Georgia State University and a master's of industrial design from Auburn University. This interview was originally recorded in the fall of 2019, and we are here today to hear what Professor Liu has to say about his approach to design thinking. After the recording, we'll be here to discuss our thoughts and what we learned and hopefully spark some dis discussion for our listeners. So let's take a listen. I'm from Taiwan and uh, I've, been, I've been, when I was growing up, I was artistic, I like to draw. And then in high school, I, I, I found myself more interested in design. So I was, when I applied for college, I was thinking either architecture or industrial design, but I got into industrial design. So, and, uh, uh, so what really fascinated me was uh, the, the, the the, the human side, the human elements of design, of in, a product industrial design. Uh, it's, 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 you know, I read a book when I was in college, it still impacted me. It's called Designing for People. Right? So, uh, so for artists, uh, it could be self-expression, it could be something the artist, the creator like. They might create something that they like themselves. But for designers, we, we've been teaching, we are, and also we are supposed to practice that we design for other people, keep other people's needs in mind. So, so I, was, I was really fascinated by that book. So, uh, and so after college, I, uh, 
I, I, I worked for a year in Taiwan as a designer, and then I came to the United States. I got two master degrees, one in business, the other one is industrial design. Then I went to industry. I worked in the industry for 12 years uh, after, my, after my graduate studies. And uh, I, uh, uh, most of them, I manage new product development. Mm -hmm. So I manage your team, the teams of engineers, designers, business people to come up with new products. So I, I really like my journey there because at the beginning, we, I might just you know, have a conversation with an engineer and we come up with some idea. We just maybe we, maybe we just drew the idea on the napkin during the lunch. And then two years later, that product got sold in the store. That's pretty interesting. But the process takes a long time from the research process, from the marketing analysis market analysis, and then to you know, design, engineering, production, marketing. So, so I manage that process, and I really enjoy my time there. So uh, again, what, another key is, is always important that when I work with engineers, when I work with business people, I always remind them, always remind my team, put just focusing on the users, the customers. All right, so, uh, so that has been a very important part of my practice. And then uh, 12 years later, I, was, I started teaching. I started teaching at Auburn. And uh, so when, even when I was at Auburn, I taught eight years there. Every semester, all my studio projects were sponsored by a company. So basically, we work, we continue, I continue to work with my students on projects that are sponsored by companies or organizations. So we, so I never, I feel like I never left the industry. Continue to, uh, you know, to to do work, do projects that uh, are, are, have to be practical, have to be, uh, have the potential to be commercialized, and have the potential to be helping uh, the people out there. So, so yeah, that's that's a brief uh, over, overview of my career. Oh, cool. That's really interesting. Um, do you think that, like, so you're from Taiwan, so did you do a lot of work there before moving to America? Yeah, I, like what I said, I did one year of design work in Taiwan. Okay. And uh, uh, but one thing is, I, I think my view of design is very universal. Because in, in my design education in Taiwan, my professors, they were either study in the United States or study in Germany. So oh. they design is not very culture specific. Again, if you keep in mind that it's what really matters is not reflecting who you are. It's different from artists. If uh, being a designer, it's not necessarily, it's not that important to reflect that who the designers are. It's more on who you are designing for. So if we are designing something for the, for the Western market, for European market, for American market, you have, they have to look and feel like American or European products. But if we are designing something for the Chinese market, for Japanese market, they have to have the look and feel of a Japanese or, or Chinese products. So, so yeah, that's 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 been my philosophy. So, so for me, is is uh, when I came to start when I started teaching here, 15 years ago when I worked my, with my students, I don't think anyone would say that hey, you know, the student presented their ideas, presented their design. And I will not come up with some idea that say, hey, this, this doesn't, 
is 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 it might not be a a, a good fit for American users or European users. But again, you, if you keep the users in mind, you will not reflect your own cultural background. That's my own take. And I think that's, a, again, that's different from uh, uh, artistic expression, which is great. You know, certainly, I'm not saying that which is better than the other, but, but it's just a different, different way of thinking. Uh, uh, because being a designer, we have to work. Uh, it's, 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 uh, one thing is being a designer, we, we have to keep the user's needs in mind, because if we do not do that, people might not buy our design, which means right. we will be out of job. First of all, I think social innovation, uh, it, it doesn't matter you, you're a practitioner or you're educator or you're a government official, there should be, I think this, this should have the same meaning, right? And uh, so to me, I do not think, oh, now I'm an educator, I'll have different view as uh, when I was in industry as a designer. This, I think they are, should be fulfilling a similar purpose. Right. Uh, it's just using uh, sometimes people call design thinking, using some creative, some human-centered uh, 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 process or mentality to solve social problems, right? So, so uh, but one thing is, again, uh, it's similar to product design in some, some aspects that need to be focusing on human experience people's experience. So, uh, so I think that that's, that's kind of universal. That uh, has to be, uh, be a key. Uh, it's, it's people have social experience. Yeah. They have their daily life. They, 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 they go to do their work. They go to school. They apply for their government document, just everything. And uh, they all come with experience. And uh, how we could enhance this experience, I think that, that that's something we should be all working on. And uh, I think that's, that's, a, that's the essence yeah. of social innovation. Social innovation fellowship. We have a bunch of people, students are interested in doing social innovation thing. And we have some faculty and also including the chancellor of NC State University is on, uh, on kind of we call the brain trust would be one of the advisors of these student social innovation fellows. So oh. that's pretty, yeah, that's, uh, and, and one thing is, I've, I've been teaching a class. Uh, I'm teaching again next semester. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, uh, some of the IBM designers, and the designers from IBM are co-teaching this class with me. It's, it's focusing on social innovation. So, so when, when IBM designers came to me a few years ago, say, hey, we've been collaborating on projects for many years. They would like to give back. They would like to help with our education. So we decided to co-teach in the class. And we decided that one of the best decisions was we do not want to do anything that, uh, to, that's commercial. Because all my studio have been working for companies that come up with new furniture, new new wash machine, things like that. And uh, that's because we prepare a student for prof professional practice. But uh, for this kind of class, uh, using design thinking, we decided to, to focus on uh, social innovation. So not commercially uh, uh, driven. So, so we've been doing that for two years and we're gonna do another one next semester. So what we did is 
we've been working with nonprofit, the students team up, the students come up they from, from engineering, from business, from humanity, from design, they, they team up and we do this design thinking workshop. They know the basic of design thinking. Then we introduce these nonprofits. The students have to work uh, with these nonprofits to, 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 to help them to be more successful. But again, the scope for uh, a semester might not be big enough because uh, what this nonprofit is doing, are doing actually they are for social innovation. But the student might be working on a small part of their endeavors. It's a part of a social innovation. But uh, again, sometimes we hope that student could come up with new innovation ideas to solve some, some problem. But maybe we could do that later. But, but this is something we've been, been working on. And I think, interesting, I think interestingly, when I was a student, we, everybody, most of my friends, my classmates were, were more interested in commercial success right. of their practice of their design. But, but what really in, encouraging these days is young, young generation like you, I get it, we have more and more people like you are more interested in the social impact right. that your practice, your learning would be, uh, your, instead of just you know, how much money uh, you, can, you can make. So one thing I've been saying that in my generation, uh, many people in college, they can ask what kind of job they will get after they graduate, or what kind of income, what kind of salary they will be making. But I think for this, I'm really encouraged and excited by this generation that many of you are asking what kind of problems you can solve. So that's that's different mentality. So I think you can see the social innovation should have uh, uh, should be more and more uh, accepted uh, by your 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 generation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about the nonprofits, are those ones in North Carolina, or are they all around the country? Yeah, because we need to uh, get uh, it's in North Carolina in Raleigh area because we need to uh, talk to them, need to yeah. observe, need to uh, go to their environment, so they're all North Carolina. Two years before I started teaching, I, I started a company in, in Taiwan, it's a small company, and we developed, we designed and manufactured uh, furniture. These are not regular, not ordinary furniture. These furniture are adaptive and adjustable, designing for children with disability, with cerebral palsy or spinal injury. Uh, so we, we that's what we did, and uh, also also we developed some products for physical therapies and for occupational therapy. That's that's what I did. Wow, that's, so, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's that's what I did. And also when I came over here as a department head, uh, we decided that because Raleigh in Raleigh area we have three uh, very well known uh, medical centers. Uh, Duke University, right. Lake Forest, and also uh, University of North Carolina, they have very good hospitals and medical schools. So one of the things we are working on and been making, been making some, uh, uh, have some progress is uh, in the healthcare and medical design. So so I, I, I hired two new faculty members a few years earlier. Uh, their main focus is on healthcare and medical products. So we are making some uh, progress in that area. Cool. Um, what advice would you have, like for me or anybody who would like to get into that kind of healthcare field of design? 
uh, certainly you, I think you, you study econo uh, economics and also you, I know, I think everybody could have a different, everybody expertise or specialties could have a different kind of contribution, right? right. And uh, so, so for, for designers, if they have opportunity to work in a hospital, uh, in a clinical environment, they might, they might follow the practitioners, the, the healthcare people, physicians, nurses, and, and, and even patients to figure out where their problems, the pain points are, and try to come up with an innovative and creative solution to minimize these this pain points. But I think for you, as long as you could keep uh, you know, again, the human experience center spirit, right? So even though you are the one doing the, the cost analysis, the, uh, the, the fin on the financial side or quantitative side of uh, the operation of a healthcare uh, in, uh, organization or institution, but again, if you can keep in mind that at the end of the day, we are all serving patients and also think about the experience of the stakeholders. The stakeholders include your patients, your providers, right? even though people working there, the staff, and your suppliers, things like that, the long list. And if you pay attention to the, the human experience, they're gonna be very, very helpful because we have, in this society, we do not have shortage or people can do very good accounting, can very good doing very quantitative analysis. But for those people can do this, in the meantime, keep an eye and caring about human experience. That gonna be very, very helpful. That's I think this is what we really need. Right? Yeah. So so just yeah, that, that would be my advice. Just always keep in mind in the human experience. And uh, and one one way to do it is you know, be empathetic. I know uh, probably in your your class we talk about empathy, right? Right. Just yeah. a way to 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 I, I say to to please to uh to keep users in mind is is basically the spirit is is empathy keeping in mind to 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 know their needs to know their uh what will, what they uh the inspiration the aspiration uh their behaviors their culture uh uh influence, things like that will make you better, no matter you are a accountant or you are a, 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 someone doing analysis or whatever you do, or manager, right? It could be, I think you'll be more successful. The, the, the furniture project I was very proud of because, uh, uh, because you know, I, uh, in Taiwan, it was in Taiwan, I started the business mainly because uh, the children uh, with disabilities, the family already they are struggling with uh, supporting this uh, special needs, right? And many of the parents not are not in the the, the best financial situation. And when the time when the the the, the children need this kind of specialized furniture to help them, help the children to 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 grow, to 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 improve, to do therapies. And then and a lot of time, uh, they were told by the physical therapist or occupational therapist that you need to buy this. And this, these, many of these products are, were imported from United States or Europe to Taiwan. 
these products are already expensive in United States or Europe, not to mention they had to ship all the way to Taiwan. So it's just difficult. So, so with that, we decided to, to design something locally and produce them locally. So the cost would be much lower. And in the meantime, we can see there's still some differences in the environment. For example, United States, weather to be drier in most cities, right? So there are certain materials like, like fabrics, it's fine. But in Taiwan, it's humid, very humid. So you, you, it's easier to people shred, it's humid. So the fabric might not be working as well as some other more like leather kind of materials, right? So we were able to design, keep in mind of uh, the local environment. So, so when, when we first started, like it just a matter of two years, when we first started, you know, many people were skeptical because people were buying overseas, very, very expensive. But we, uh, so it was almost start from nothing. But uh, two years later, we are a major player. It's a very small market, but, uh, but we are able to, to, uh, to become an important uh, provider especially for those uh, parents that cannot just spend tremendous amount of money to buy things from imported from other country. So I think that's something I was, I was proud of. But one thing is I taught uh, a design thinking class last semester at the law school in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, you know, I, 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 it was the first time for that law school have a design professor to go there and teach. And the first day of the class, I just told them, told the class that I'm not making you guys designers because you are lawyers, you're going to be lawyers, you're going to make more money. <laughs> but with this, is, is if you have the design thinking mindset, then I become better lawyers. And I would say that engineer, an engineer with, with a designer uh, mindset could be a better engineer, business people the same. What really matters is we, we, we pay attention to human experience. So, so we be more empathetic. We are more human experience centered. So that would be my advice. I think this principle is gonna be making anyone be more successful no matter what they do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was just curious, what other kinds of projects do you do in your design thinking class besides so, the nonprofit one? Like so, so of course, in my design class, we work on products, right? From right. from dishwasher to 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 cell phone to things like that. For for my teaching in law school, for example, the student had to do two projects. One is a design project, so some daily daily product. Uh, what I used last semester was alarm clock, how people wake up in the morning. Oh, okay. So that's something that had to do. Put, they had to do some research, do some user study, to 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 brainstorming, come up with ideas, things like that. A second project, they use the experience of designing alarm clock, and actually, the, the it was beginning. They, the student feel like they were designing alarm clock, and then very soon the student realized it's not about redesigning alarm clock; it's to create a new experience of waking up in the morning. It could be different because if if you frame the project as alarm clock, it's still gonna be look at alarm clock, just different yeah. shape. Right? But if, if, if the people are very, very, become way more uh, creative, way more innovative, if frame it differently, about waking up in the morning. So some students come up with the idea that it's not just playing music in the morning, they might have uh, some ideas like the curtain in the room, the curtain open 
automatically create, right? And even have a alarm clock that or something the device will start lighting up, kind of simulating the daylight when it becomes five o'clock, six o'clock, six thirty, it becomes brighter and brighter and brighter in the room, things like that. These are not alarm clock. These yeah. are just waking up experience. And some people even some people even say incorporate the making the smell of coffee. That just people will wake up, you know, kind of feeling better, right? Yeah. So that's the first project. And the second project will be the you know, those students who identify a low problem. For example, some students identify, you know, uh, for example, divorce. It's not a pleasant experience. And going to, uh, to, to get a lawyer, to get divorced, it's not easy. But the, the student, the student uh, that's a problem. The student come out with a, a different kind of service that making the divorce process a little bit more uh, less painful, right? Less miserable, right? So that's about some student came out the project like that. Come out some ideas like the lawyer's office also have could in, could connect uh, the the clients with some consultant with social service or childcare uh, advisor things like that. So kind of all in one service because it's it's not just getting divorced. It's a period of time. Of the very vulnerable time of people's life that they could use some help. So when people grow up, a lot of time people become more and more empathetic. Yeah. Little kids, they think about themselves. And, uh, and then eventually when people become more uh, sophisticated, uh, more mature, they should have they should be more empathetic. But some people are never empathetic. Some people just have different level empathetic, but, but again, going to different places, different cities, different communities, that would make you more empathetic. Right? Yeah. In more other people's center instead of self-centered. I know some people may become very successful and become uh, being self-centered, uh, but I think overall the community is, is, is I think, if you are more human-centered, I think probably going to be more successful. Thank you all so much for listening along with us. And now we're just going to talk a little bit about our takeaways from the interview. Uh, Michaeline, how do you think place and identity impacted Professor Liu's work? So originally from Taiwan, um, Professor Liu talks about how he worked in Taiwan for a year as a designer before coming to the US and earning two master's degrees, which is, I think, extremely impressive. Um, but he says that his view of design is more universal than culture specific. Um, it, he says it's not as important to reflect the identity of the designer and who the designer is as it is to reflect who they are designing for. So in all our conversations about design and identity, I think this is probably the most unique perspective I've heard so far. Um, identity is important, but so are the needs of the client. And that makes a lot of sense and is definitely interesting to think about. Yeah, like you said, Michael, and Professor Liu seems to emphasize how design work and specifically how his design work is about reflecting the identity of who he is designing for and for what market it's taking place in. I think this is also a very interesting perspective that we have yet to hear from, like you talked about. And I find that it really drives home the point that you are creating something for a client, client or user, not necessarily something for yourself. But I do wonder though, if you can really ever set yourself to the side when you do design work, can you really take away the role that your own identity plays in creating something or working with someone, someone else to create something? That's actually a really great point. Um, yeah, I guess it's probably a balancing act.
Um, so what, what do you feel like you learned from Professor Liu about design thinking and social innovation? Yeah, Professor Liu talked about how social innovation should not be restricted to, to, design, to designers. The design thinking process and processes within social innovation are not meant to just be used by designers. And I think making sure that these processes are open to everyone is critical to getting more people to use them. If more people are using them, I would hope that would lead to more human-centered work, focusing on empathy and problem solving with others rather than for others. Uh, what about you? Yeah, that's an awesome point. I guess just building off of what we were talking about in the last question, um, really understanding your market and who you're designing for is really important. Products that are designed um, might not be a good fit for all cultural markets. Um, and Professor Liu talks about how he believes that social innovation should be universal across all professions and not something specific to designers. Um, and he compares it to product design in that social innovation is focused on the human experience, which I think is a really insightful thought. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, both of us are not formal designers. What advice did you take away from this episode for non-designers who are using design methods? Great question. Um, I think a lot of designers talk about the importance of empathy and human-centered design. And effective designers conduct research to design effective solutions, which includes being thorough and thinking about things from different angles. So I think Professor Liu's interview kind of encourage us, encourages us to keep in mind that at the end of the day, we're serving those for whom we're designing a solution. Um, and it's that's definitely something that I want to keep in mind as a public health professional and a dietitian in the future. Um, what about you? Yeah, Professor Liu talked a lot about empathy in this interview, but I think that just really emphasizes how important it is in design work and using design methods. Empathy helps you to understand who you are designing for, working to understand their needs and their wants. And if you aren't trying to empathize with your user or client, you will never have a successful outcome or product. I think it's why empathy is in the design thinking process to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that's a super interesting point. Um, do you think there was anything throughout this interview that surprised you that you didn't agree with or maybe that inspired you? Yeah, Professor Liu's interview really seemed to center on the theme of empathy and universality, which I found really interesting and inspiring. And we've talked a little bit about in this and our little discussion here. And I think it just shows his passion for design and using design to work with clients, truly focusing on their needs and wants. It was inspiring to see the theme of universality in this interview, because I feel like we often think we only need certain methods and processes are for certain fields. But the reality is, is that anyone can use design thinking and other design methods and the world might be better off if everyone does. Uh, what about you? Um, I love that you can kind of hear Professor Lou marvel at the fact that he drew his designs like on a napkin and then to later see the product being sold. Um, it's really inspirational to hear someone's fascination with seeing their hard work and ideas come to fruition. But what do you think, listener? Uh, please feel free to check out our website and let us know what you thought about this episode in the comments. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this interview from our Hello from the Pluriverse series. A special thank you to Arturo Escobar, the author of Designs for the Pluriverse, for opening the space for conversations about pluriversality in design. Many thanks as well to all of our interviewees, our design thinking student team, Ruby, Lupe, Delaney, Tran, and Wissal, the students of the Fall 2019 SICE 3010 class, 
Levante Lucas, our editor, and the rest of the team at the Taylor Center at Tulane. If you have any suggestions for our program, please email your comments, suggestions, and questions to taylor at tulane.edu. And also you can visit our website at taylor.tulane.edu.